Menu Feed, a bi-weekly podcast from Restaurant Business and Food Service Director. I'm Pat Kobe, Senior Editor covering menu, food, and drink for both brands. Joining me on the podcast is Stephen Somm, founder and CEO of Planta, what he calls a plant-powered restaurant, which now has 11 locations across the U.S. Stephen started Planta in 2016 after making a personal shift to a vegan lifestyle. The polished casual restaurants each have full bars and chef-inspired menus featuring Asian, Pan-Latin, and Italian favorites. Like nigiri sushi topped with grilled eggplant, mushroom bacon, and potato truffle dumplings. If you're a broccoli or watermelon, stay away from planta. We can do serious damage, Stephen says. Listen as he shares planta's mission, the secrets behind the indulgent menu items, and Planta's plans for growth in major U.S. cities. Welcome, Stephen. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. So let's begin by you telling me a little bit about the history of Planta. When did you open the first restaurant and why, I guess, is the burning question. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so so the first Planta location was located in Toronto. Um, we opened up in 2016. Uh, and it was kind of part of a very large shift that I made personally in my life. I, you know, I decided earlier that year, 2016, to go vegan. And part of the the issue that I that I found was we we had other restaurants inside of our hospitality group at the time, four of them, and uh, not only found it extremely difficult to to dine in those restaurants that you know that that I had owned and founded and created just also realized a massive gap in in the market of how it was really so overthought to make someone that that wanted to make choices around eating plants feel like they were normal citizens dining in in a restaurant and so that was the that was the reason that was the why you know and what planta was then and 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 what it is now is just so much more aligned with us continuing to, you know, refresh and revise our vision of making plant-based really accessible and make people feel confident and excited and experience-driven to to dine in a restaurant that doesn't, you know, shout from the rooftops that we're vegan. We just mm-hmm. we just are a great restaurant that that doesn't serve any animal products. And, you know, there's been a lot of data kind of about the number of vegetarians and vegans in the U.S. It really hasn't changed significantly in 30 years. So do you get who is your core customer and do you get meat eaters or meat reducers in as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I don't I don't measure it that way. You know, I know that statistically there's seven percent of the U.S. population who identify themselves as vegan, you know, who or how the, that data is collected is just beyond me. It makes no sense. I think the other, you know, you also hear that, you know, j- just like with, with COVID-19, you can turn on 10 different news channels and read five different articles and just leave not, with no information, but tremendously confused. You know, so so I think the gist of it is that what they say is 90% of America is not not vegan but 70% of people want to eat less meat and 82% of those people could consider them flexitarians. And so the data that you follow means nothing to me. All mm-hmm. I do is try to create an environment where 
people can come into a restaurant and leave extremely satisfied. That's the mission. It's not to make vegans feel comfortable. It's not to make non-vegans feel like they're not eating at a vegan place. It's just all it is, is, is creating a restaurant that, that all of society can, can treat as their local place to hang out in their special occasion restaurant, you know, their, their, place for special events, whatever, whatever it is to, to those groups of, of individuals were there for it. Mm-hmm. And so you do get a lot of flexitarians and, and people who eat meat otherwise. We, we, again, if we were only catering to the 7%, we probably wouldn't be able to sustain the growth that we're, that we're on, you know, enduring at this point. Right. Definitely. And, you know, there's been a bit of a backlash lately against the over-processed plant-based meat alternatives. Now, I know you don't use any of those in your restaurant. Did you ever think about using those? Yeah, it's a good question. And 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 no, we 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 haven't. It's not really part of the DNA of of, of you know mine or Chef David's vision of what we want to do. Um, I think that there's a perfect place and a time for those products, you know, to, to be able to offer, you know, uh, a plant-based alternative to the masses through fast food is, is critically important to our food system. Um, there's far more McDonald's and Wendy's and KFCs than there are plantas. Uh, and that will probably be a statistic forever, but that doesn't mean that, you know, y- you know, people can't identify uh, a fast food chicken product or a fish product or a, a beef product is also not being highly processed either. So it's, it's, mm-hmm. you know, if you're going to, if you're going to eat that way, you're probably not so fussed about what's in the food anyways. And so if, if this comes down to, uh, you know, being a conversation on health, we don't also take a position that we're like a health food restaurant either. We just, every single ingredient in our, in our walk-in, in our dry storage, in our bars are, you know, food that you identify and can resonate with. So uh, we are calling something an ahi, you know, ahi nigiri, which is watermelon, but it's absolutely meant to emulate the texture and the sensation that you would get and the mouthfeel of eating, you know, of eating tuna. Um, but it's made from watermelon. So, you know, if, if, if you are a broccoli or a watermelon, I would stay away from planta because we, you know, we, we, we do some serious damage with those two <laughs> fruits and vegetables. But uh, other than that, it's it's all it's all food and ingredients that you can pronounce and identify. I, I was especially intrigued by, you know, using mushrooms to make bacon. Um, mm-hmm. I know your chef like explained it a little, but I didn't get a chance to taste it because I'm not, you know, I haven't been to a planter yet, although I live in New York, so I can go pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does that happen? I mean, how do you make mushrooms into bacon? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I, I, I think it's it's a lot easier than making real bacon into bacon. Uh, let's start there. And so I, I would say, you know, what what makes bacon have the sensation is is the salt, the smoke and and the texture. Mm-hmm. So, you know, something that's crispy, salty and uh smoky you know what is your best vessel to do that you're not going to do it with you know an orange so 
you know, let's let's look at the things that that can be kind of dehydrated and smoked, uh, and and kind of hold that integrity of the meatiness. And a mushroom serves as like an excellent vessel for that. Really delicious, and it's really a lot better for you than snacking on real bacon. Yeah, it's it sounds absolutely amazing. Yeah. And, and the eggplant, you use that on nigiri sushi too, mm-hmm. and that sort of you make that taste like eel or. Yeah. So again, it's so so much of 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 these tastes and flavors are really really driven by texture. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so eel in itself again is just it's creamy, it's it's fatty, it's delicious, and so an eggplant serves as like a really excellent you know vessel for uh, for something that's soft with a little bit of crispiness on 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 the exterior with just that that smoky rich sweet flavor, and so it's far more addictive in my opinion than than eating eel and and uh it's it's super good and has the menu evolved from the time you opened the first um planted oh my god has it ever it's it's unbelievable and you know it's funny to see some of the items that still remain but you know when when we opened the first location it was you know we had to fit all of these ideas onto one menu and also we had to try to satisfy what we thought plant-based eating could look like. So there was pizzas, there were ceviches, there were salads, but there was also, you know, dips and pita and there was no sushi on the menu. And uh, it, it just is as some, some, it's just, it's just evolution, constant evolution. And you also, what are some of the other ingredients that you use to, you know, sort of replicate meat and seafood? So we don't we don't use any any other elements to replicate meat and seafood. So we're not using things that like intend to be like a scallop, but we would, you know, we use heart of palm very frequently, you know, fresh heart of palm. We have this amazing relationship with a grower in Hawaii that will will send uh, fresh heart of palm to our restaurants right. every Tuesday. And uh, that serves as like a really great vessel that adds you know texture and crunch um but having still like a delicious rich flavor you know we use we use tofu we use tempeh mm-hmm. um beans are used quite quite often it's 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 really a, a an amazing variety hard to talk about it without you know without <laughs> you visiting so as far as you know making things in familiar formats like sushi i mean Sushi is almost like, um, you know, it's so mainstream now. So does that help? Like, is that like an entry point for trying some of the different vegan options for some customers? Yeah, I I, I think that people, you know, it's it's, it's hard for me to talk about our our restaurant and our brand that way because it's not it's not intended to be an entry point. It's like that you're there. We're like defaming the word vegan so much but like let's break it down and it's like do you eat a fruit plate you know have you had avocado toast you know (laughs) do you eat a veggie burger it's not like we're not talking about like eating nuclear chemicals it's it's fruits (laughs) and vegetables so you know anybody that that is open to eating a fruit or a vegetable will leave remarkably satisfied and if you're completely against eating fruits and vegetables I'm up for the challenge that you can also leave completely satisfied by dining in the restaurant. So uh, really it's, it's not so much an entry point. I think, I think the idea of planta is that it, it, it opens your mind to the creativity that can be associated with, with, you know, 
preparation and 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 creativity so that hopefully more people make these decisions as they go to a grocery store or they go to mm-hmm. a different restaurant and decide against an animal product. So I know that you have like three different like sort of types of concepts. One the one that has a lot of Asian food and this one that has more Latin style food. Can you talk about that one? Yeah, so it's I mean they they all have very similar ethos and and share about 40 to 50% of every menu, but there's usually a category that will you know replace so for instance in plantas the pizza and pasta category will replace the wok and noodles category planta queen planta cocina it's kind of like the 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 robata section that will replace the uh the pizza and pasta section so really just you know a way for us to i guess invest our creative ability um in in the different markets while still opening restaurants relatively close to each other you know all three restaurants that we have the concepts within Toronto are, you know, within a one mile radius of each other. Oh. And so I think the the idea is that we can prove that if there's different menu items and varieties and vibes and designs, they just feel like going to a different restaurant where it's like, how, how do you plan on having four of these in New York? Well, last time I checked, there's a lot more than four restaurants in New York that are <laughs> successful. And so, you know, the idea is, is that if we give guests variety and, you know, there's not a huge amount of cannibalization within the market, there there could be 25 of these in New York. And they're all full service concepts, correct? Like they, they are at this time. Yes. At this time, we're, 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 we're kicking the tires on, on, you know, if and when, you know, we want to get into the fast casual space. And, you know, the, the real motivator for that is that we, we can make we can make the food accessible to far more people because not everybody has an hour to eat lunch. Not everybody has, you know, an hour to eat dinner. Not everybody has, you know, 45 or $50 to spend, you know, on dinner on themselves, uh, you know, multiple times a week. And so we very much recognize that part of realizing this, this vision is there is a cap to the amount of restaurants that we can have, you know, whether it's 50, 75, a hundred, that doesn't compete with the fact that there's, you know, however many, tens of thousands of quick service restaurants uh, out there. Tell me about the bar. So how do your, um, how does your bar differ from other, you know, like a non-vegan restaurant bar? Is it pretty much the same? Yeah, it's the same. It's the (laughs) same. There's, you know, there's a, there's a big focus on, on great cocktails. There's a big focus on non-alcoholic cocktails. There's a big focus on cold pressed juices Mm. and at times combining all of those elements. So, you know, we have really, really amazing, free spirits that people choose to add liquor to. We have amazing free spirits that serve as people that want that smokiness and excitement of an old fashioned, but without the liquor. And then we have some highly, you know, high proof spirit forward cocktails that people are looking to, you know, they're on a mission. And how about the wine? Is that more like organic or biodynamic? Or Yeah, organic, biodynamic, sustainable, vegan. You know, there's so much popping up in that category now. Orange wines, skin contact wines. And so we're, you know, our, our biggest issue is that there's not enough space on our menu or enough storage in our restaurants to really capture the breadth of this movement. But, you know, we try to be creative and opportunistic where we can. And yeah. And as far as, um, you know, the marketing hook, I mean, a lot of people don't like the name, the word vegan, 
Um, they'd rather use plant-based or plant-forward. Or what, but what kinds of um, language do you use when you're marketing Planta? You know, plant-powered is really what we kind of go with when we talk about the food. You know, it's indulgent, it's hedonistic, it's mm -hmm. fun, it's experiential. You know, it's not intended to... You know, we, we know that there's a lot of choices out there of how people get fed and 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 eat their calories, but we're you know, we're 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 not trying to replace quick service, we're not trying to replace grocery. We're just really at this point trying to get people's perception and excitement around movement, you know, and, and give it a little bit of a little bit of you know, momentum. Yeah, I like plant powered. That's a much nicer word than yeah than plant based. <laughs> Yeah. And as far as the restaurant that's opening in Marina Del Rey, your chef told me a little bit about that. Is that going to be have more of an Italian section on the menu? That, that's going to be a cocina. So that will be like the pan Latin. So there'll oh, be a big robata section. There will be, you know, we'll have a section items that we're bringing in this incredible masa. So we'll we'll have tortillas and, and uh, tamales as well. So it's, it's a super exciting menu. Is that one open yet or is it? A bit it's open? not. No, no. If you know anybody in the county of L.A. that can help us with our conditional use permit hearing, I would greatly appreciate the acceleration. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't. But we do have an editor who's based out there. So I'll make sure. Amazing. That or maybe some of the listeners, if any, anybody that's listening <laughs> to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and you, so now you have 11 locations. Um, we do. You mentioned. So Toronto, New York. Where else are some of the other restaurants? Mar Maryland, Chicago, and Florida are the states oh. that we're operating in. And and um, next month, we'll be opening up Washington, D.C. And then uh, May is when Los Angeles will open. Great. Are you going to keep expanding Planta? Is that in your plan as far as 2023 or looking beyond 2023? You know, we're... we're constantly looking for for opportunities and growth opportunities it's it's more so you know where we'd like to obviously focus on building out the markets that we're in you know chicago washington dc atlanta south florida they all are very big markets that can support more than the restaurants that we plan to open and so you know we hope that's the case and and so uh really just kind of looking to you know improve our regional presence where we can, you know, opening up in a brand new market is is challenging. It comes with a lot of sacrifice, you know, from our leadership team, but also, you know, it, it really does take time for the management teams to catch on and, and understand exactly what we're doing. Fortunately, with California, we've been so, you know, we've been so forward thinking about the, the management that we bring into the company. A majority of, of, of our management will have worked for the company for almost eight, nine months before the restaurant even opens. Mm -hmm. So hoping that, that that's going to bring a great amount of energy and, and excitement to to what we do. And how about sourcing? Do you have like um, local producers in each market? Because some of them are pretty far away from each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we, obviously, you know, it's difficult to get local in Toronto in the middle of February. But, you know, when 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 the harvest uh, is available. There's nothing better. So we, you know, we we respond with amazing features and uh, and obviously change change menu items to support the locality of of some of those, you know, hyper seasonal markets that are limited. Mm -hmm. Toronto in particular, Bethesda, New York. You know, you kind of only have a pretty limited window. But 
you know, when you're getting fresh corn from the, from the farmer's market in August and putting it inside of a salad or a dumpling, it's, I mean, you can certainly taste the difference. It's amazing. Yeah, definitely. And so as, you know, we proceed through 2023, what are you looking most forward to personally and professionally in the year ahead? That's a question I like to ask everyone. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's, uh, the restaurant business, as you know, and 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 certainly as as the listeners and other contributors to this podcast know, is is not an easy business. As any business is challenging, you know. But but the more locations that we open, it does afford and allow us to, you know, continue our path of not only investing in our team and our people, but also allows us to, you know, really focus on, you know empowering and exciting the communities that we do operate in. And to do that, you do need a little bit of scale. So, so, you know, opening up these locations to have, you know, almost two restaurants in, in every market that we're opening in, whether it be, you know, Bethesda, Maryland and, and the DC area or New York now having Williamsburg open, it, it really allows us to, you know, focus a, a lot on team building, not just opening restaurants, but really who our, who our core team is. And that's something that I'm personally looking forward to on a professional level, because uh, this is that's that's what makes this business so special is the people. And then on a personal level, you know, obviously I I, you know, being in this kind of seat in the company, it's there's a lot of overlap between personal and professional. You know, I'm a relatively, you know, new dad. We have a very young family. My children are five, three, and six months. So hmm. allowing that education around, you know, lifestyle of being raised in in a in a household that's like really powered by fruits and vegetables is has been an amazing learning experience and and you know really tr- trying to take the position of allowing our kids to make decisions on their own if they want to try things and 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 get acclimated with flavors and textures and other things that that you know are outside of our house it's our pleasure you know, really trying to create a healthy relationship with food, but it's just amazing to see how, you know, how that upbringing and, 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 you know, raising of our, of our children, at least the, the five-year-old and three-year-old that are making decisions on their own translates to decisions out of the house when they're unprovoked or unpressured. And so it just, it really, you know, it changes my thought process on what I think the future holds. And I, I, I really, I want to believe in 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 our future and our humanity that that we can turn this around. This is like, you know, it's pretty serious stuff that we're kind of leaving our our children and grandchildren with, like, you know, warming climate, rising sea levels, crazy pandemics, deforestation. Like, you know, it's not part of our message at Planta, but it's part of our message in life. Like, it's it's dangerous, and so if we can get the youth to be excited about this path, then, you know, what better hope than we can have than, than, than them. Thanks so much, Stephen. Your story has made me even more enthusiastic about dining at Planta. You can download this episode of Menu Feed and past podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Pat Kobe. Mm-hmm.